Hello beautiful people, this is episode 19 of Banter Motivation, I am Iyamide, welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone, and I mean everyone, except those who think that is ever a good excuse for domestic violence. I really don't care what anyone says to you, hitting your spouse or partner is evil, it's a crime, and it should always be punishable by jail time. People, we have 21 days left in 2020. I really cannot believe this. This year has been like 65 months <laughs> rolled into one. So slow, so long, so turbulent. And then all of a sudden, we're at the end and the days are literally just flying by. Unfortunately, we're in the second wave of COVID and the numbers are going up. Like I mentioned last time, a lot of places are going through their second lockdown wave. Some people have had lockdown lifted to some extent, so it's a lot of mixed feelings. Christmas is usually my favorite time of the year for every holiday, and to be honest, it is looking gloomy. So I don't even know if I'm looking forward to it this year. I hope you guys are doing well, your mental health, your family, your finances. This is usually the time of the year when people take stock of the year, their goals, what they met, what they weren't able to meet. This is usually the time people spend with family, friends, loved ones. Of course, 2020, it's on a different wavelength. To be honest, I think just looking back and being able to count yourself as one of the lucky people who made it to the end of the year, your family is safe, intact. I think that is really the best anyone can ask for. If you're privileged to have a lot of success in 2020, that's amazing because despite everything, right? Some people started new businesses, started new jobs, graduated, started a program, all kinds of things, right? But generally, most people had, you know, setbacks and things like that. So don't be too hard on yourself. Be grateful for life and, you know, be excited. Looking forward to a new year and the excitement that a new year brings. And 2021 just has to be better. <laughs> so Anyway, today we're revisiting a topic that I covered before, much to my dismay, because it wasn't a pleasant or happy topic, and that topic is domestic violence. And then we're also going to be talking about unfaithfulness in relationships and marriage, which, you know, sometimes goes together with domestic violence, not always, but I'm profiling two stories, and that's pretty much what most of this podcast is going to be about. So the first one we'll be talking about is unfaithfulness which in this case talking about a marriage but could be in a relationship right i think in a relationship it's not as dicey because you still have the choice to get up and walk out at any point in time there's no long-term commitment you haven't gone to court you haven't had like a traditional marriage or a church or a mosque or any other type of binding ceremony where your families are aware that hey these people are coming together to start life and all of that so depending on how long you've been in that relationship of course it'll be difficult to walk away but that choice is always there and Nobody is necessarily begging you to stay because, you know, you have a marriage to protect or children to be worried about, you know, whatnot. So that's one angle. The second one is when you're married to someone, you have, you know, spouse, a partner. It's a lot more painful. It's a lot more confusing. You have this commitment and this marriage that is binding you together. So it's not as easy as get up, dust off your shorts and walk away. And a lot of times, unfortunately, women are on the receiving end of this. I might be biased. I don't know. But it seems like women are on the receiving end of this most times. And they are the ones who have to suck it up and just, you know, stay and manage or be labeled a failure in their marriage. So anyway, the example I'm using is a Nigerian um, artist whose name is Nice. And that's the number nine and Ice. And most people will know him has a lot of songs. He has, I guess one of his most popular songs was Gongwaso. So if you're African or if you ever listen to Afrobeats or anything like that, you would probably know who he is. His real name is Alexander Abolore Adigbola. And he's a Nigerian man. He's Yoruba. Anyway, he is married. And this is third marriage, right? So let me backtrack a little bit. He was married a few years ago to a woman named Tony Payne, who was also in the entertainment industry. That marriage crashed because he claimed that she, like, she cheated on him, which she denied. The marriage crashed. They had a son. And then he had you know, children with other people. And he gets married to a woman in America who is a software engineer in 2018. For whatever reason, that marriage crashes also. And then 2019, December, he gets married to one of his baby mamas who he's been in an on and off relationship with. 
So he has about five children from three women or something of that nature. But anyway, he's on his third marriage and that marriage, you know, wasn't even up to a year yet. A few weeks ago, some blogs, you know, carried the information that he was cheating on his wife and their videos to prove it, their nude pictures, all of that. And in one of the videos, he's actually like fondling another woman who is not his wife. And, you know, pretty much saying like, you know, all these boys who are doing um, fraud and all these other stuff should stay away because this is his wife. This is his queen. And, you know, all of that. This is somebody who is married, like actually married to somebody else. First of all, why are you making a video with another woman? Why are you touching her inappropriately? Why are you giving a warning? Why are you so comfortable and so confident? Where was that video supposed to be going? What was the purpose of that video? You know, so many questions. But anyway, those got released. And of course, there was a lot of chaos. His wife moved out of the house. Now, his reaction to that, I don't know what he did in private, probably had, you know, tried to beg her or whatever, but his reaction to that publicly was to make a video. And he has this like supposedly sober music, sounds like something from like, you know, a funeral or just something very morose. And he's talking about how he was successful at so many other things, but marriage is just something he hasn't been successful at. He's made a mistake. He's really sorry. What not, what not. He really wants this marriage to work. This woman is his backbone and the nice that people see and like and how he's able to uphold the culture and traditions or some other crap. I don't know. Was as a result of this woman, you know, he wants people to help him beg her to come back, to move back into the home, you know, to make the marriage work. Yada, yada, yada. No part of this video focused on him, you know, being remorseful in that. I, I mean, I messed up, right? It was more so I'm remorseful that I got caught and I'm remorseful that I'm failing at this thing called marriage, right? Because this is my third time. Not, I know how my wife feels. This must be so embarrassing for her. I'm sorry I disappointed you. Sorry I broke my vows. None of that. It was just about him, right? And then he says, you know, people, please go beg her. Ridiculous on so many levels because we weren't there when you started dating this person. When they decided to marry this person, we weren't there. More importantly, when you decided to step out of your union, it wasn't a once twice thing. You're having like a full on affair with somebody else and you didn't ask for anyone's, you know, patronage or opinion or advice. And then now you've messed up and you want us to help you beg your wife. We're not in the marriage. We don't know what's happening. Why are you involving the public? And true to shame, a lot of people go on his wife's Instagram page and start writing, you know, oh, our wife, you know, you have to forgive him. This is what marriage entails. You know what it's like for a man to come out in public and admit that he cheated. You know, things happen. That's what marriage is about. Temper justice with mercy, forgive and forget all kinds of crap. And I'm thinking if the case were reversed, if the woman was the one who was found to be cheating and let's even forget the videos. Let's even say someone just came to the house and said, hey, nice. I had an affair with your wife or your wife and I are meeting up at a hotel. All hell would let loose. Like there doesn't even need to be any proof. It would be over. They will throw her things out. He would talk about how women are Jezebels and they're unfaithful and they can't be trusted and they can kill you and all kinds of stuff. And let's add the fact that there is a video or whatever of his wife, maybe out there with someone. Literally the world will come crashing down. But now it's the reverse and it's so flippant. Like, you know, just put a lot of pressure on her. Let people on social media beg her, you know, so. It looks like I apologize. And if she doesn't accept my apology, she's unreasonable. It doesn't even make any sense, right? Let's not forget that this is someone whose first marriage ended because he claimed his wife cheated. Where was that grace to forgive and forget? See what I mean? Where was that, you know, forgiving spirit and, you know, this is what marriage entails and let's work through it. And it doesn't mean it's the end and absolute nada, none of that. It was just, this marriage is over. Because there was an assumption or he believed or people told him no proof, nothing. Here he is now. Second marriage failed on the third marriage. I'm sorry, but clearly we can see who is at fault, right? And obvious conversation that has to be had of, I don't know if it's an African thing. I don't know if it's a black thing. I don't know if it's a minority thing. But why is it that double standards just refuse to fade away? 2020 is about to be over. We're going into 2021. Women are doing all the things that men are doing in their professions, in their earning power, and just holding it down, all kinds of things. But for some reason, when it comes to this thing called marriage, the scale is just not balanced, right? The expectation is the woman should hold everything, carry everything, bear everything, and whatever happens, you dare not crack under that pressure, right? So 
have a pot on your head and have a baby on your back and have, you know, other things you're juggling in your hands and still be finding ways to make money. And, and this guy is misbehaving and doing all this crap. Just be so ever loving and ever forgiving and just in complete servitude to where there's nothing he can do that's wrong. But then don't you dare make a mistake. Don't you dare like not have his food ready on time or not have sex when he wants to have sex or go out and hang out with your friends or just whatever it is. Don't you dare like slip up in any way. Literally, whatever his expectations are, meet them, go even beyond that. Anything less is seen as you're not ready to get married. You don't know what marriage is about. You are a failure. This is even talking about the infidelity or faithfulness part. We're not even getting into a lot of people are out there having affairs without protection. So many women get all kinds of, you know, STDs from their husbands. A lot of these men impregnate other women bring the child into the house. Sometimes this woman is forced to raise the child. If not, the man is, you know, shuttling back and forth. You hear all kinds of things. And a lot of times these guys have the support of their family because it's not entirely, entirely a secret. Sometimes their mother will know and help them raise the child. You know, it might be their sister or their brother or their nephew or whoever, or whatever it is, right? It's never entirely a secret. For some reason, for whatever reason, the woman is supposed to just bear everything, be long-suffering, that's what the duty of a wife is. And I find that, I don't know where that assumption came from. That's not what was stated in the Bible. When God decided Adam needed a help meet, that wasn't what he said, right? It wasn't, okay, here's someone that should suffer and struggle and wasn't it at all. So I don't know at what point we got it wrong. A lot of people give the argument that men are not monogamous by nature. If that be the case, from the very start, tell the person you're getting married to, I'm not monogamous. This is not a me and you thing. This is a, I will sow my oats wherever I deem fit. Let that person understand what they're getting into. And if they're okay with it, because there are people who are okay with it, then you go ahead with that person and it never becomes a problem, right? But the idea that you pretend to be one man, one woman, you know, under God, we're bound together, we're having a marriage, and one person is focusing on that, making that work, trying their hardest. And then the other person is just running around town, just wild. That's where there's an issue. That's where there's a problem. That's where there's a disconnect. So for everybody who keeps saying men are naturally not faithful, it's in their DNA, yada, yada, yada. Maybe the conversation should now be, is monogamy still something that can work or not, right? I had a conversation with a few people last week and we're talking about how a lot of women these days are deciding to just have children on their own, not get married, right? And a lot of guys were outraged. Why would they do that? What kind of crap is that? Who says stuff like that? Women are just this and that. And I'm like, well, it's not something I personally would want to do or believe in, but I can see why people would want to do that. If a woman is financially stable, secure, she has a good job, she has you know, a home or an apartment where she stays, she has a car, she can feed herself, she can take care of herself, pay her bills, do all that stuff. And she gets married to a guy who probably does the same things, maybe less, maybe more, doesn't help out, doesn't in any way contribute. They're both you know, financing the home, you know, both paying bills and doing all of that stuff, both going out to hustle, coming back. And this guy keeps just one thing after the other harassing her, maybe hitting her, cheating, just all those other stressful things. Then she has a baby that's not adding to everything else she's already doing. And she's expected to fully care for the baby because a lot of times in African culture, or should I say Nigerian culture and black culture, the idea is that the woman raises the child, cares for the child. The man is just there as, you know, I pay the bills or I provide. That's even in the situation where he's doing it a hundred percent. In these modern times, both parties are working. So that excuse no longer stands. But most men have never changed their baby's diaper before. Don't even feed. Don't, you know, they just take pictures, you know, post on social media. Once in a while, play with the baby. Once the baby starts crying, it's like, hey, honey, your child is crying. Come get this, you know, whatever. Maybe when the child starts getting older and is able to interact, they now, you know, might be able to play more with the child or take the child out once in a while. But for the most part, it's a, you know, and you see people post on social media, oh, you know, my husband is so nice. He helped babysit. You can't babysit a child that belongs to you. That's your child. That's not babysitting. You're not being contracted to do a job for somebody else, right? So all of that. And the woman is trying to navigate through all that, probably stay up at night, you know, with the baby. Then at morning, in the morning, be at work. If she has a business on the side, she has to go to market, come back, cook, clean, every other thing that's going on, still be a wife to her husband and everything else. And all she's getting is stress or someone is cheating on her or beating her. 
is there's no it's no value the man has not added any value to her life right so if someone like that thinks and says you know i wish i just had this child on my own it's not outrageous right in this day and age where people just go to a hospital go to a sperm bank or whatever or ask a friend and get artificially inseminated get pregnant have a child and you know care for that child alone and okay all i'm worried about is myself and my child right that's it like i said it's not ideal it's not my way it's not the way i would want to do it but hearing people say that and give their reasoning i can see you know where that's coming from right and of course there's a stigma they will have to face of this is not how things are done and you know where did this baby come from and who's the dad and what does that say about you and society just doesn't accept that especially with black people with african people with nigerian people when you look at a case of like nice who's i mean tried this so many times and hasn't been able to work and these women end up just being single mothers with these kids that they're taking care of i don't know how much is contributing because hasn't really done much in music you know recently I know he tried to get involved with politics. He didn't win the election. Then he was like a special advisor to some governor at some point. You know, what exactly is he bringing in? His wife currently doing really well, has like a great event planning business, very sophisticated, high end, all of that, right? Really beautiful woman. I don't know what her character is like. I don't know, you know, what goes on behind the scenes. But if you're actually admitting, saying, hey, you know, this woman is my backbone, I'm guessing that means that. She's supporting him, you know, in every way, right? Emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, just everything. And even with that, you still feel like the best way I can reward this woman is to step outside or to go mess with somebody and not just do that, but do it to the point of I'm even taking videos and having my pic. Like it wasn't one of those, you know, how someone is sleeping and a girl is like taking a picture or video of them and they are not aware. He was actually aware. He's talking in the video, he's smiling and all of that, right? Is ridiculous. Anyway, then we go on to domestic violence. And with this particular story, we talked about this um, when I had already on the show. There was a case of a pastor at that time who had been violent towards his wife and she came back with her brother and sister-in-law to get her stuff. He's threatening. He's still hitting her while her brother is there. All of that madness. Her brother wants to call the police. The woman keeps insisting, don't do it. I don't want any trouble. You know, it's my husband, all of that. And a few days later, she goes to work. He's waiting for her. He shoots her. She dies, you know. He's arrested, you know, he's going to face trial, but she's dead. She's gone. She can never come back. That could 100% have been prevented. Well, now we have another story. Also, um, a Nigerian man called Pius um, Ambo. And this one was really trending all over social media um, in the last week. So what happened was a woman made a video and said, her name was Dr. Ifeinwa Ambo, and she's Pius Ambo's wife. Uh, Pius works for Channels Television, which is like a big TV station, you know, in Nigeria. He's a journalist, and his wife is a medical doctor. And in the video, she says they've been married for six years. She just had her fourth child through cesarean section, and she said that her husband had been unfaithful most of the marriage. You know, it's been one woman or the other. Is exactly what she said. And she had asked him, you know, stop spending recklessly on women why don't you save save for the future of these children we still need to send them to school take care of them train them up all of that which sounds really logical right he starts hitting her and sits on her c-section stitches so this is someone who had a baby what three four weeks before so anybody who's ever had any kind of surgery even just abdominal pains or cramps on your period you know the hell that that is even without any external pressure and they tell you know don't go up the stairs and be careful how you walk and don't stand up sharply and you know all these rules and regulations and take care of your stitches and you know take things easy you have to heal people usually get help right with the baby because they can't really move and do all that stuff they're in the healing process and this man in three to four weeks decides that that's where he's going to sit right and starts hitting her you know strangling her and it's not you know, someone telling you a story and you can't imagine it. Her face is bloody. Like one side of her face is bloody. There's like a gash there. Literally like it's bloody and she's, you know, wiping snot out of her nose. And I think the part that got to me the most, so she has a little son who's running around and says, you know, mommy, sorry, mommy, sorry. And honestly, that broke me so many times, so many ways, because I'm like, these kids are young. They are seeing all these things, right? It's not something that's normal or something that, I mean, it looks like it just happened. And then she went and made the video. And the children are there in the house. You know, what? Anyway, so she also said that when she was three months pregnant, 
husband did the same thing. She didn't say what started that fight, but he sat on her stomach. He's someone who's three months pregnant and strangling her. I don't understand what the strangling thing is about. You're trying to kill her or, I mean, what exactly could someone say or do to you that you feel you have to sit on them in a vulnerable position? So this is a woman who's pregnant and then someone who just had a baby. Clearly you are, she's not bigger than him, right? So it's not like she's stronger than him, but I don't know if it's the, to subdue you, if it's, I don't know really what it is, but you know. Anyway, she makes this video crying out for help to say, hey, this is what I've been going through. You know, I want people, I want the world to know this is who this guy is, all of that. So Channels TV, who he works for, says immediately, we don't condone domestic violence. We're going to investigate this, you know, all of that. Well, what do you know? A day or two later, the governor of that state, so live in Benue State, she works for the Benue State government as a doctor. And the governor of Benue State, Sam Autumn, calls a press conference, right? And has all these reporters and the actual channels TV that he works for is actually there. And they release videos or whatever on this press conference saying he's reconciled the couple and here they are hugging. And he says, you know, I've been married for 40 years. I have you know, children and grandchildren. So I'm in a position to play this fatherly role. We should try to unite them back together instead of, you know, getting them to separate or divorce. You know, we don't want the marriage to fail. Six years is such a short time. The marriage is still young. There are children involved. Yada, yada, yada. This is my role, you know, pretty much as an elder, like a Nigerian elder, you know, whatever. And says all that, cameras are flashing, and she, you know, gives a speech to say thank you to the governor for taking time out of his busy schedule, playing this fatherly role. Um, I've heard your advice, and I'm going to make my marriage work. Like, I'm going to do, you know, what it takes. I'm going to make sure that my marriage works. And <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, that floored me because I'm thinking, okay, mind you, at this press conference, because it's a day or two later, her face is still red and bloodied. So it's not something where she poured something in the video. You know how people say, well, you never know what if it's literally at this press conference, because she's, you know, lighter skin, the marks are still there. The gash is still there. The I don't even think it's blood because obviously she'd have been able to wash it off. It's actually her skin is injured or damaged to where it's just hot, red and whatever, maybe blood cells have burst or I don't know all the medical terms or whatever, but she was looking horrible. And you can see her eyes. She was smiling like with her cheeks or whatever, but her eyes were just had that sunken. She wasn't looking the husband in the eye. She wasn't really looking at the camera and the eye. Honestly, it gave me shivers because I'm thinking it takes so much courage to come out, to ask for help, to say, hey, this is what has been happening. I mean, I didn't know them before. I don't know who did, right? I'm sure they had friends and family, but you know, I don't know anyone who knows them personally. So maybe they've been carrying on the, oh, happy marriage, happy life thing. I don't know. But whatever it is, it takes a lot of courage, right? Because it's someone who is respected in community and in society. She's a medical doctor, right? She's not just any random person who's just feeding off a man and you know, maybe got married to climb up the ladder, whatever else you want to call it, which even if that's not a reason to hit your wife, but She's someone who has a lot to lose. That's the point I'm trying to make. So for her to come out, make that video and get it circulated to say, hey, this is what's going on. Mind you, when she starts the video, there's someone in the house who's saying, mommy J, mommy J, you know, kind of trying to get her to stop or, you know, and she just ignores and goes on. So it took her all that courage to say, this is what's happening. I need help. And instead of getting help, what she gets is the state governor pretty much asking them to hug the man promises he won't do it anymore and lets her go home with her abuser i'm sorry but if you are evil enough to hit your wife sit on her strangle her while she's pregnant thanks be to god she didn't lose the baby we went through that that wasn't the first time hitting her that should have at least been the last that should have been the wake-up call that was not the case she has this baby and three four weeks later you have the presence of mind to strangle her and scratch her and hit her and sit on her. I mean, it's so evil that when you think about it, you're wondering, you just had a baby with this person, right? It wasn't like, hey, oh, I just found out that baby wasn't mine. Once again, even if that were the case, you have no right to kill anybody or to, you know, inflict physical harm. But that wasn't even the case. She says, yeah, out with all these women, don't spend recklessly on them. Save money for your children. In the first place, why are you out with all these women? You're a married man. You've only been married for six years. Why are you having this string of women? Why are you spending your money and your finances on them? Why are you still having children with you? I mean, there's so many questions. Why are you still having children with your wife? Whatever the case may be, you just had a baby with this person. What kind of animal, what brand or breed of animal or coward could you be 
to do that kind of thing to her and just, you know, get up and walk away or whatever, right? Because I don't think he'd still be in the room or in the house and she'd make that video. So it sounds like he left or went away or did whatever. What if she died? Then what? How are you going to take care of a newborn child? When you're in jail, when you're in prison, were you going to run away? Were you going to now kill yourself and kill the other children? What exactly was going through his mind and what was wrong with what she said? Now, a side note, because I posted this on social media and someone sent me a message saying, you know, this story is not the complete story. We're not hearing the full truth that the wife is actually the abuser and, you know, the husband just snapped this one time and, you know, there's only so much each person can take, right? And the person really said, well, it's whoever speaks up first. So the fact that she's speaking up first is the only reason that she's getting the sympathy. But in actual fact, she abuses her husband, she beats him, all of that, and his patience finally got to its limit. Now, I don't know how true that is. That one person said it. I haven't heard anybody else say it. I haven't read it anywhere else in the comments. I don't know if they're related to the guy, if if the person they asked is related to the guy, or if it's just because there'll always be a group of idiots that support rubbish, right? And with every conspiracy theory, there's a start, there's a founding. There's people on the internet who were legit asking, well, what did she do? Well, what did she say? I'm sorry, who cares what she said or did that <laughs> justifies what he did to her, right? So you have this group of people who are just looking for a reason, just looking for an excuse to vindicate the man. And so I don't know where that part of the story is coming from, because if that were true, I believe that would have come out. You know, um, if she knew that she was guilty and there were things against stacked against her, I don't see why she would make a video right coming out when people would know that that's a lie. Like she has at least close family or close friends or whatever that know that that's not true. So is it likely it's very possible there are women who abuse their husbands? In this case, do I think it's true? No. Now, onto my many questions. Why was the abuser not arrested? Right? You hit your wife to the point where we're seeing injuries, you know, bodily harm. Even in Nigeria, that is a crime. Why was he not immediately arrested? Channels TV said they were going to investigate. Was it to investigate when you can see the marks and everything right there? If you look at the man and you see nothing on him, he needs to be arrested immediately. Who made the governor an authority on domestic violence? You're the governor of the state which you're not even running properly, right? There's nothing good or great happening in Benue State, nothing amazing that you've done. But for some reason, you see this in the news and somehow feel it will be a feather in your cap or people are going to be happy and clap for you because you reconciled an abuser with the victim. It doesn't make any sense, right? What counseling was provided to the victim? What options was she, was she given? Like, hey, we'll support you. And the thing is, is, a lot of people say she's a medical doctor. She's in Nigeria, medical doctors don't make a lot of money, especially when you work for the state government. A lot of times their salaries are not paid for months on end. There's always some strike or the other. So you'd be shocked to find out that some medical doctors are making 50,000 naira, 100,000 naira a month, right? 200,000 naira a month for the ones that are doing really well. If you're not in private practice or you don't have your own hospital or you know, something like that, right? So in a government hospital, let's even say she was doing well and making 100,000 a month. 100,000 naira a month is $200. This woman has four children. She just had a baby. So, of course, money will be an issue. Finances will be an issue. And, of course, that's what that argument was about anyway, right? Their finances. Yeah. You get the indication that something was probably wrong with the finances for her to bring that up, right? To say, okay, this guy's spending a lot lavishly. Maybe she's seen the money depleted from the accounts or just doing the books or whatever, checking where their finances are. And that's why they're having that conversation that resulted in her getting, you know, beat up. So, people saying, well, she's a doctor. Why doesn't she just leave? And... 100,000 naira is not a lot to be trying to raise four children on, right? If you're still going to be going to work, you need to worry about school and tuition and maybe getting help and nanny or whatever for the kids and your rent and everything else. Nigeria is not particularly kind or nice to women who are divorced, right? Um, a lot of people, older people will tell you, well, these are the things you see in marriage. This is what marriage is about. You have to endure. Just pray about it. He'll change. Well, he's apologized. People are so quick to make excuses for men who abuse, who cheat, who, you know, do all these horrible things and just expect the woman to keep going back and keep being, you know, faithful and steadfast, hoping that at some point he will just stop or outgrow all these things, quote unquote. So they'll say, you know, just focus on the children, ignore him and everything he does, just sleep in another room, take care of your children, let them grow up, just don't separate, just don't get a divorce, just don't let your children come from a broken home. I'm sorry, but. I've met a lot of people whose parents separated when they were young and they're some of the most amazing people I have ever met. Super smart, super kind, super nice, amazing relationship with God. Just all around great people. But then I met a lot of other people 
who came from a two-parent home that was so dysfunctional, so manipulative, so abusive, and those people are horrible, horrible, horrible people. So saying, oh, you don't want your children to come from a broken home, I don't know if it's a mentality or mindset that people have told themselves and have carried on and believed. Because, for example, her son now is seeing this, right? He's seeing his dad hit his mom, strangle his mom, sit on his mom's stomach, his mom crying, you know, bloodied face, all of that. He's seeing the mom keep coming back, keep staying, keep having other children. What is he supposed to grow up and think or see or believe or practice? It's not magic, right? He's not going to suddenly learn values from another place. It's what he's seen, is what he's used to, is what he knows. And as much as he might hate it when he's growing up, seeing his mom get hurt, the older he gets and understands what's happening. Psychology has told us this so many times before. When he actually gets into a situation where he's now dating and he's now, you know, having his own relationships and marriages, that thing is inside of him is going to come out. A lot of people whose fathers abuse their mothers end up abusing their own partners, their own wives, their own spouses. So it's a horrible ripple effect that keeps going on and going on and going on. So isn't it better for the woman to leave that marriage so she can live? Actually be alive, take care of her children the best way she can, set them up for good, not vilify the man, not prevent him from seeing his children, but for her safety and for her sanity and you know whatever else you want to call it because that's literally what could happen in the end she might lose her life right so no counseling was provided no opportunities no option to say hey the government will sponsor you will pay for your accommodation for a year or two while you get on your feet if you want to go to counseling we'll pay for counseling you know not necessarily saying divorce immediately right but since your life is in danger you be where you are living taking care of your kids let the man stay where he is and if it's your plan or purpose to work on that marriage attend counseling all this other stuff going on but you're going back to your house he's going back to his house until whatever it is that is provoking him or pushing him or controlling him or whatever is dealt with if it's anger issues if it's resentment if it's a mental issue whatever it is the root cause of why he keeps doing something like this and then kind of turning back to be a normal maybe happy regular person or going to work and functioning should actually be understood and dealt with if not there's nothing stopping it from happening again what's to stop the man from hitting her again and eventually killing her absolute nada like nothing he gave his word i won't do this again i'm sure she's heard that a gazillion times before but he keeps doing it again one message is being sent to all the other women who are struggling in a marriage in a partnership where there's domestic violence thinking or wondering how they're going to come out of it how they're going to get the courage to speak up where they're going to go who's going to support them Seeing this reaction and seeing how quickly the governor came and just squashed them back together and sent them home, there's something that it kills in those women. Like the little hope that they've been able to build, that kills it immediately because what this governor has told men is you can hit your wife, you can do whatever it is, as long as you apologize to you know any elder or parent figure and promise not to do it again, there's no repercussions. No, he should go to jail. We had the story of a woman in Nigeria, what, a few weeks ago in the summer who died because her fiancé, who she had two children with, killed her. Locked her up in a room, tied her up, and was using pliers to yank out her braids and stab her in the eye and all ridiculousness. And then he drank poison because, of course, he knew what the consequences of what he was doing were and left those children, motherless, fatherless, not a care in the world. Someone had been abusing her on and off and she had been going back and forth with him so much older than her so manipulative she, she'll get away he'll kind of reel her back in get away reel her back in and snuff the life out of her so these stories are a dime a dozen they happen all the time why is it still being handled as child's play that's what i don't understand you know why is the why is it the woman's responsibility to make the marriage work? which is what she said right i'll make i'll do whatever it takes you know i'll make my marriage work i'll make sure my marriage works it's not Marriage is not a one-person thing. It's not a solo act, right? It's a duet. It's a duo. It's two people who have come together to say, you know, against all odds, for richer, for poorer, better, for worse, all of that. We'll stay together. We'll try to make things work. We'll, you know, live. We'll take care of each other. If one person is failing, then that person needs to meet up. The woman shouldn't be carrying the marriage 100%. So you can do whatever you want. You can go out. You can have concubines. You can sleep around. You can waste all our finances. But then I'll be the one holding the marriage up taking the beatings, working, taking care of the children, taking care of the house, the home, still being a wife, all of that. And then you guys have guilt tripped her. And I'm wondering what exactly it is the governor said to her behind closed doors or the governor's wife, whoever, because the governor's wife was also there and uh, every offense intended, more even stupid than her husband, because I feel a lot of times men are clueless. 
But as a woman, she should have known a lot better. So I don't know what they said to her, right? But the usual script is, that's what marriage is. These are the things we face. It even happened to me. And, you know, with prayer, he stopped hitting me or I just knew how to avoid him. When I see he's angry, I stay away from him, make sure his food is there. I don't refuse him sex. You know, I close my eye to all those things he's doing outside. I just read my Bible and take care of my children. Ridiculous, stupid advice. So why are you married then? What's the point of being married, right? I don't know what exactly they told her, right? Oh, it's the woman's job, you know, as women, we have to do this, we have to do that. Maybe reminded her of how society is not kind to women who have left their marriage. Maybe told her it would be stupid to leave for such a trivial reason. I don't even know, but whatever it is that made this woman go from my life is in danger, I need help, to I'll do whatever it takes to make my marriage work. Like what was said in how many minutes or, you know, less what, an hour maybe? So that's another question. Then where is her family? All right, so she had a name was Ifeyin Wasson. Assuming she's Igbo from that. Living in Benue State because she's married to a man from Benue State or whatever. She's away from family. So I don't know if it's a, her parents are in the village or they are late or they don't care. Or they also believe when you're married, you're married. Which is a lot of people like that whose family members will tell them, in this family, we don't take back your bride price. We don't accept divorce. If you're leaving that person, you're not welcome here. Go back, go back, go back. Like keep siding with the husband. So why is her family in all this? Why do you have to come out to cry to the public? That gives me the impression that her family hasn't been supportive because I don't believe she wouldn't tell them and then just come and tell the rest of the world. I'm guessing if it's something that's been happening over all these years, she's tried to get help from that angle or from that quarter and nothing, right? So no family support. For anybody who is leaving their marriage, family support, huge, huge, huge. Friends, family, they need that, right? To help them, to help them with the kids, to help them with themselves, to get help, to get counseling, to regain their sanity, a safe place to stay, every other support that they need. Because once again, it's not a trivial decision. Even people who are only married for a year, it's not a trivial decision at all. Think about people who are even engaged and try to break off an engagement. Not something to be taken lightly at all, which is why I find it annoying when people say, why is she still there? If she was serious about getting out, she would have. She's busy making videos when she should have run. It doesn't work like that. Run where, right? If she lived in a foreign place where she had access to, you know, she's in the United States or in England, where she'd go to the police and get a restraining order and go into a shelter or have an apartment or, you know, was working as a doctor here and making, you know, $200,000 and she would be fine. But that's not the situation. That's not where she finds herself. So what is she to do? How is she to cope? Well, you know, I don't think ridiculing somebody for the way they seek for help is useful or in any way progressive like how is that helping anything i don't care if it took her 10 years to speak up when she finally does speak up what she needs is support and help and resources and unfortunately nigeria is not somewhere that has a lot of that at her disposal so the odds are stacked greatly against her for her children are you kidding so it's a horrible story right um and then final question on that is why are people more worried about keeping the appearance of a marriage, right? Keeping the appearance of, oh, husband, wife, children, everything is good, everything is great, thank God, than the life, sanity, and well-being of the humans involved. Like a lot of people are dying slowly. A lot of these women have been abused and just battered and tattered emotionally, physically, financially, to the point where they're just a shadow of themselves. They're not functioning properly at all. And if you remember when already was on the show, she spoke about that, where she said, losing her mind and she didn't know until she ran into someone who said like you're a shadow of yourself like why are you always wearing the same clothes and the same shoes and you just look so you need to go see somebody you need to get help we've talked about this so many times before mental health is not something that is welcome or accepted right getting mental help is not welcome or accepted in the black community in the nigerian community you know we mostly like to think things are spiritual pray over it or just grow it off skin and just keep moving so it's not like people have that resource. They're just there and just keep getting more beat down, more beat down, more beat down to the point where they're just existing. Some of them end up dying off or just, you know, you see someone who's supposed to be 35 and they look like they're 65. And people say, oh, well, women age, you know, faster than men. No, it's because those women have literally had the life sucked out of them and they're still giving, 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 giving. And the man is just running out there, living whatever life he seems fit or, you know, whatever. And of course, it's not a male bash type of deal, right? Like I said, there are women who abuse their husbands. Um, most times not physically, but they are the ones who are violent and will, you know, slash tires and smash windows and what have you. But most times it's the reverse. It is the man who abuses the woman. And we see that a lot more in African culture. For some reason, the culture just condones it and promotes it. And then they use religion to kind of 
tie you or bind you down by saying, well, the Bible doesn't like separation and the Bible doesn't like, the Bible doesn't like people treating others horribly. Let's even forget someone you're married to, right? God says, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't want to get hit that way, why are you hitting somebody else that way? And it irritates me, like I said before, when people ask, what did she do? Why is he so angry? She must have provoked him. I know him, he's usually a nice guy. Well, guess what? When he goes to work, his boss provokes him. He has clients who annoy him. There are people in professional setting who sometimes ridicule your work or disappoint you in a contract or just are outright rude and disrespectful to you, treat you like trash. And these men never, ever lose their cool, never will lose their cool at work, never will get angry at their boss, never will react to their client because they know this is where their source of income is coming from. They cannot afford to do anything that will jeopardize that. Then all of a sudden you get home and all restraints is lost. All restraints is taken off. All of a sudden now, oh, she just said something. And I just got heated and I just had to. It doesn't make any sense. That's what I'm saying. These people are animals. They are cowards. They are animals. They're looking for someone who's supposed to unquote weaker or someone who's supposed to be subdued to them. This is someone who loves you, who has your children, who has gotten married to you, changed their last name to yours, left her family and friends behind, taking yours as her own. And the best thing you can do is make her feel like an outsider or treat her like a piece of property or cattle or even your pets. You don't treat your pets like that. So when and how is it ever okay to do that to your wife? And then what becomes the case or the story or the remedy when your daughter comes one day to say, hey, the man I'm married to, this is what he's doing to me. And she comes with marks and bruises. Are you going to tell him, right on, well done. These women are so stubborn. That's how to keep them in check. Or are you going to try to defend your daughter and pretend like you were not doing the same thing to her mother? What it reminds me of is a very, very sad story, but another situation of a Nigerian woman. This was in 2011 or so that that happened. Her name was Titi Arowolo. And she married this guy who was a youth pastor, right? So you would think, pastor, man of God, I mean, for a swell time. Beat this woman and she ran home. Kept happening. He would beg, she would go back. He would beg, she would go back. And there was one where she finally went back in 2011. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous. I'm not interested in this marriage. And, uh, and she had, it had become public, you know, and her family was asking her, you know, to stay and go back. And the guy came and apologized and came with friends and people and brought gifts and just really like showed how remorseful he was. I think he even cried or something, if I remember correctly. And her parents asked her to go back. And she did. And it could be a thing of when they've told you there's no space in our house for you. This man has begged, go back, make it work maybe prayed or added God or tried to manipulate because Nigerians are amazing at manipulating with the Bible or using religion to manipulate. So she went back and on this guy's birthday, he killed her, right? He's found dead. And it wasn't like he had strangled her. It wasn't the usual, I like, beat her to a pop and maybe she smashed her head or whatever. She was stabbed 76 times. Her chest was cut open. Her organs were sliced. Right, she was a banker. She wasn't like you know this just random person that he just picked off the streets who didn't have any family or any pedigree. No, she was a banker. She had a good job. Such a violent marriage, such a horrible, turbulent marriage. Literally, and he killed her on his birthday. Right, I don't know if I mentioned that before. When he got arrested, his lawyers or whatever his defense was that she committed suicide. That's what this man said that she committed suicide. Thankfully, the postmortem results showed that. I mean, how do you stab yourself 76 times? How do you cut open your, your you know, stomach or whatever and start slicing, you know, your liver and all that? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, right? It's ridiculous. But the fact that he killed this woman, and then I remember when they would drag him around in court, he was holding a Bible. So he was taking a Bible around with him. And I'm thinking, what level of Lucifer is this? What level of, I mean, what in the world? This is a sick, ridiculously sick. He was still trying to play the victim, still trying to lie trying to pretend that she committed suicide, still carrying a Bible around, trying to act like, oh, this is the devil, trying to victimize me, still trying to keep that his image of, I'm just a youth pastor, just a man of God. And she died 2011. He wasn't sentenced till 2014. That was three years later. Till now he's still alive, he's still in jail. No, you know, he's sentenced to death, but <laughs> clearly, who's going to kill him? Who's going to? He's just in prison. And I'm very sure at some point, someone will release him or nobody will notice. But she's gone, right? People kept telling her to go back. They're alive. They're living their lives. I'm sure her parents are hurt, but I'm sure all those friends and church people and they're living their lives and they'll probably remember and say, oh, wow, that sucked. That was horrible. Yeah, and that's it. They keep on doing what they were doing. They're facing their own lives. They're having their own children. They're starting their own businesses and they're just moving on up. And this woman is gone, gone for good, never to come back again. Nothing. Killed like an animal. Literally just, imagine just stabbing someone everywhere, like your face, your neck, you're just 
76 times they don't even kill cows or goats or chickens like that but this is someone you're married to someone that you have been horrible to the entire time and she kept taking your forgiveness back and you only have to wonder what if her parents had let her stay home and just let the marriage end she would be alive yeah people might ridicule you people might laugh at you people might say oh you weren't able to keep your marriage and whatever that's not your business but you're alive your sanity everything if you want to get married to somebody else later fine if you don't you just want to focus on your career or your business or move to a different country or city or fine if you just want to adopt a child and raise as a single parent but no that pressure of we don't want people to say our daughter is divorced we don't want to look like our daughter couldn't keep her home you know just all of those things all of those things using the bible and this is what this man did to her so honestly i said before leave the marriage to live like when somebody hits you once the likelihood they're going to do it again is a thousand percent right if you want to stay in it, if you want to get help, you need to remove yourself from that volatile situation. And whatever help you're getting, let it be outpatient. Like you're coming from where you are, they're coming from where they are. If you can work great, if you can't, it's not the end of the world. It's not your fault. You are not the reason. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. Some of these people were not raised right. Some of these people saw this happen. It was normal to them. Some of them, maybe there was a traumatic experience. Some of them are just sick in the head, right? Something I remember was um, Ife Ango said, that she found a paper, I think even before they got married, where he had written maybe like a testimony or a Thanksgiving thing or a prayer request or whatever, saying, you know, thank God for delivering me from abuse and hatred of women, you know? And I'm sorry, but if I found that, <laughs> I'll be going with the wind fabulous. You will never see me here for me. I'll change my number. I don't even mind if I have to move to a different city, state, country. So there's clearly a history of some kind of anger towards women. Could have been maybe a girlfriend he had before that did him wrong and he felt from that he has to punish every other woman. Could be um, an older authority figure that molested him because that happens a lot, right? Love guys, their first introduction to any kind of sexual relations is an older person who's maybe like a nanny or an aunt or you know a teacher molesting them. So it could have been something like that that he went through and that's why he hates women and because he was powerless then now he wants to you know show his power. Could be I know that's how he was. I don't know. There could be any number of reasons, but honestly, people. If you see all these kind of signs, when people even raise their hands, like they want to hit you, that's also a sign that any little push or shove, they're actually going to do so. People who gaslight you and then manipulate you and then try to say, you know, see what you made me do. You made me hit you and stay clear of such people. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a marriage expert or anything like that. But I think there are just some things that are common sense. Investigate further. Do your research. Get professional help. Have this person evaluated you know, by a therapist or whatever it takes, whatever you need to do to make sure that hmm, you protect yourself. Once you're dead, you're dead, right? If this woman now, she's gone back, if this guy hits her again and she dies, maybe he'll get arrested this time and then she's gone. What happens to her four children? Who raises them? Where do they go? It's not like Nigeria has any foster care system, which even in the United States is not amazing or great anyway. What happens then? You start sharing them off to different relatives or some grandparents take this one and take, where is that governor going to be? He's certainly not going to take any of those children. He's going to be silent on the matter. I'll say we regret to announce this is so horrible. This is so sad. It doesn't make any sense at all. So, like I said, guys, leave to live. Please, please, and please. Come to the end of this episode, guys. We have one more episode before the end of the year. That episode will be in two weeks. And it will be the end of season one of Bands and Motivation. I'm so excited. Like I said, you know, some of the beginning episodes, guys. I've been talking about podcasts for so long, making excuses. And that's the one thing I'm grateful to lockdown for, where I was actually motivated and pushed to eventually start. And when I was starting, I'm like, man, will I have content for the next week? And what about, you know, what if people don't like it? What if people don't listen? And all those are fears. But guess what? I've been doing it now since June, so six months, and so happy, so excited, so grateful. So final episode of season one will be in two weeks, and then take a break. If you're not already following us, on, guys, I say this every week, the number of people who are listening is going up. Amazing, great, I love it. But you guys are not becoming a part of the band fam on Instagram. Please join us on Instagram at Bands and Motivation, B-A-N-T-S-A-N-D-M-O-T-I-V-A-T-I-O-N. Please share the podcast with at least three people this week so we can keep growing the BAM Nation. Like I was saying before, I will post updates, you know, teasers, what to expect from the next season. I'll take your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions. If there's something else you want to see, a different format, 
um, topics that you would like us to discuss. If you want like a video version, we could do like a video podcast or an Instagram live, whatever it is, I'll be taking all that into consideration. So please don't forget to join us on Instagram and send me a DM or you can send me an email abansamotivation at gmail.com Christmas drive guys, told you about the Christmas drive already we're trying to provide sanitary and hygiene products for at least a thousand girls, I need your help I need your donations I need you to spread the word, tell your family tell your friends, people usually want to give at the end of the year, I know this has been a difficult year, but remember that it's your change for change, so even if it's ten dollars, a hundred dollars a thousand dollars, five pounds two hundred naira, whatever it is we're taking everything. Also, the more people that you tell about the campaign, the more donations we get, the more impact we're able to have. Even if you can only give $5, what you tell 19 other people to give $5, well, 20 of you make $100, right? So the impact is not necessarily only what you can give, but other people that you can get involved, tell about the project so that they can also get involved. Like I said, I know it's been a difficult year. A lot of people are counting their coins. People are barely able to make it to the end of the year. So if it's something that you can do, we greatly appreciate it. And if you can't, really, really can't, then please spread the word, share the news, and your impact will still count. Come to the end of this episode. You know what I always tell you. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Like I said before, 2020 has been a roller coaster of a year. Finally getting off the ride. and. I think it's important to go into 2021 with a lot of gratitude because, it, I mean, so many people did not make it to the end of the year. And this is just between even November and December. I know how many people I've heard of that passed away even suddenly. So go into 2021 with gratitude. Yes, there are a lot of goals that you couldn't achieve and a lot of dreams that didn't come to pass and so many things you wanted to do and whatnot. It's very easy to get caught up in what went wrong. Well, how about what went right? You're okay. You're fine. You're healthy. You're not in the hospital, you're not in admission, you're not planning a funeral, you are fine, you are well. So that is enough reason to be grateful. So I want to challenge you guys. We have 21 days left to go. If you can find at least one thing to be grateful for every day and actually write it down, it will shock you, actually be surprised. Like when you get to December 31st, like, wow, all these things, you know, I have to be grateful for. So that's a mini challenge. Let me know how it goes. Be kind to yourself and others. Be safe. And most importantly, believe for something good this week and for the remaining 21 days until two weeks time. I was about to say until next week. Until two weeks time. Bye.